so uh, uh, today we'll talk about the book of Job. And uh, the reason I chose the book of Job, it's, it's very, very special uh, for me. Uh, it is the book that uh, my grandma used to uh, tell me about uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my grandma. My grandma was uh, a survivor of the genocide that happened in Turkey. So uh, they killed her parents in front of her and she and her two sisters were only survivor. And she walked with her two sisters from Syria to, from Turkey to Aleppo, Syria. And she lost uh, one of her eyes in the process. So uh, I always wondered why would, why did she suffer what she suffered? And uh, it's not fair. And uh, so uh, it always bothered me when I was a, a child. But she taught me a lot. I learned so much from her. And things that she taught me about is to love everybody, no matter what. And the other thing is she taught me about the book of Job. She would tell me stories. That's how we are in the Middle East, we, we tell stories. So uh, it has a special connection for me, the book of Job. And the book of Job is like a treasure. It has so many things. Actually, there was a, a pastor who preached over the book of Job for over 20 years. So it has a lot in it. And it, it's like a treasure. And in the book of Job, we find the mention of the Trinity. And we find the mention of the Redeemer, which is Jesus. And uh, you have to remember uh, the book of Job. Job lived before Abraham. So before the Jewish nation and before Abraham, uh, there was Job. And uh, uh, so let's start with the book of Job. Uh, because there's so much in it, we're going to deal uh, with the fear of God and why evil happens to good people. And is it relevant for today? That's a book written 4,000 years ago. And if we have time, we will talk about the science in it that today's science is still catching up to it. So uh, uh, these are the sections we'll talk about. We'll talk about Job, one of his friends, Eliphaz, and uh, we will talk about the young guy, Elahu, and then God's respond and the science, if we have time, in the book of Job. So Job, let's speak about his wealth first. So it tells you, he lived in the land of Uz. The land of Uz is in South Jordan and South Israel. That is called the land of Uz. It's a flat land. And he was blameless and upright, and he feared God. Now, uh, look at his wealth. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 uh, yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a large, very large household. Now. To comprehend how rich this guy was, how blessed, when you have 7,000 sheep, that means you produce wool, milk, butter, yogurt, and sell other sheep. So he must have a lot of companies to do that. Then you have 3,000 camels, and camels are used in the Middle East for long distance uh, travel. So uh, he, and he used, to, uh, these camels are used for trades and for transportation of people who want to travel. So, uh, and we have uh, back in the Middle East, three trade routes. One goes to North Africa, one goes to South 
Arabia and one goes east to all the way to Iran that became the Silk Road. So he was in trading and shipping. And then uh, he had 500 yoke of oxen. When uh, you're farming, you would need two oxen. Imagine he had 500. Look, uh, you can see how many farms he had. So he was very blessed. And he had 10 children. Okay, now we're going to look at Satan's first attack on him. Now, there was one day, the sons of God. Oh, and, okay, thanks. Okay. There's uh, one day, uh, the sons of God came up. Uh, sons of God are considered the angels and the foreign, uh, uh, the fallen angels. And they came to present themselves before God. And God said to Job, have you considered my servant? Uh, God said to center, have you considered my servant Job? He's blameless and upright and he fears God. And Satan to him, said to God, well, of course, you have blessed him so much. Of course, take that away from him and he will curse you. And then God said to Satan, okay, do whatever you want with him, but do not touch his life. And Satan went in, and this is what happened to uh, Job. And you, you will see what Satan is capable of doing. So uh, one day, the Sabean came and attacked uh, Job's land. And the Sabeans are hundreds of miles east of the land of Uz. Like, look, they came from far away. They killed all his donkeys and his ox. Uh, no, sorry, they took all his oxen and donkeys. Then uh, a fire from God fell uh, on the servants and the, uh, of Job and killed all of them. While the person was telling him, another guy told him, the Chaldean came and raided uh, Job. And the Chaldeans are about hundreds of miles north of uh, the land of Uz. So they really came from far. Uh, so Satan brought them all the way from there and they raided and took all his camels and killed all his servants. And only one survived. And, uh, and after that, not only that, he attacked his family and a wind came in and basically uh, uh, his house fell down and killed all his 10 children. And uh, look what Job said, a very strange response. And then Job arose, tore his robe. One thing we do in the Middle East when we are sad and we're crying, we take our robe and we, uh, we tear it and we start crying. And shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. This man lost everything he has, he worshipped. And this is what he said. Uh, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He blessed the Lord after all these things happened to him. Now, 
well, Satan was not done with him. So another day, sorry, I'm not. Uh, so uh, then another day, the uh, sons of God uh, present themselves to the, uh, the Lord. And God said to Satan, uh, have you considered my uh, servant Job? He's upright and he fears God. And Satan said to him, well, actually, the reason he still worships you and fears you, you didn't touch his health. And if you touch him, he will curse you. So, so uh, God said to Satan, okay, he's all yours, but do not kill him. So uh, Satan goes and he strikes Job with boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I don't know if you ever had boils, how hurt, you know, how painful it could be. So Job have had these all over his body and he would scrape, he will uh, pottery and scrape himself just to uh, allevi alleviate the pain. And uh, on top of that, at night, when he tries to sleep, he will get nightmares. So he was in a lot of pain. And then his wife looked at him. And you have to understand, he, uh, his wife lost her children. Her husband is sick. All the money they have, it's all gone. So his wife looked at him, and she said to him, why don't you just curse God and die? Let's get it over with. And then uh, Job said to her, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? Now, this is a tough statement. God sends evil. I'm going to just give you some references in, from the Bible about God, re God really sends evil. If we look at 1 Samuel 16, 14, and it reads, now the spirit of the Lord have departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. The Lord sent an evil spirit to Saul. And we see that in Judges 9.23. And God sent an evil spirit between the Abimelech. So God could send spirits, evil spirits. And we see that in two more, uh, one more verse, First uh, Samuel sixteen fifteen. Saul's attendants said to him, "See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you." So God can send evil. God is God, and uh, so uh, uh, when you hear things, how could uh, a loving God do this? God is God, can do whatever he wants. And now, so Job, Job is in pain, and uh, Eliphaz, uh, the three friends of Job came to see him, and they came from very far away uh, to see him. By the time the news spread and his friends come to see him, Job has been suffering for a long time. And the first thing they did they sat down for seven days and did not say a word. They just they saw how uh, sad he is. So just uh, they sat and did not say anything. And after seven days, they start talking. 
And that's when things went wrong. So out of his three friends, we're going to take one person, uh, his first friend, Eliphaz. We'll talk about Eliphaz, and then we'll talk about the young guy. So uh, the first one, Eliphaz, and Eliphaz, it's about his experience. I'm sure you met people, they tell you, according to my experience and the way I see it, that's basically what Eliphaz is. It's experience that drives everything in his life. So uh, we're going to look at five points of Eliphaz, how he first blames Job, and then he talks about his worldly experience, then his supernatural experience, and blames Job. Basically, it was his fault. And then the blessings that will come on Job if he listens. So uh, the first, he starts blaming Job. And we take it from chapter 4, verse 7. And he goes, stop and think. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed? Basically, he's telling Job, you deserve it. You're not really a good person. And uh, you can see this in other religions, like, for example, now the word karma is very used here a lot, even in the West. You've done something bad and you're going to pay for it. And actually in Hinduism, you know, when you have reincarnation, sometimes you, you are suffering in this life because you have done something, you have to pay for it, to be reincarnated to a better person. So this type of belief existed in that area of the world, and it still does still today. Uh, now uh, he shows you about his worldly experience. Now we pick this in chapter four, eight. And look what he says, my experience shows that those who plan trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. See, it's his experience. It's not the word of God. And then he starts talking about his supernatural experience. And in order to understand what he's talking about, in the Middle East, it's very big in the Middle East to have dreams and visions and uh, to get struck by a spirit and fall down and frog in the mouth and sweaty. We have a lot of prophets in our, in the Middle Eastern history, after they get struck, they start having convulsions, this, and they would uh, prophesize. So it's normal for us. And then he goes, a word was secretly brought to me, basically, he heard the voice of God, uh, what he's telling Job, aimed at disquieting dreams in the night when, when a deep sleep falls on people, basically start having visions and dreams. Fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit guided my past of my face and the air on my body uh, stood on end. You can see what the experience that Job, that Eliphaz went through, uh, was talking about. We could see it with today, uh, 
what's happening today in the modern world. I'm just going to tell you about uh, uh, an experience. We have a guy, it was in our church, uh, who was uh, wheel-bound. Uh, he, uh, he was uh, bound and he couldn't walk. And a guy say, uh, came and told him, I had a vision that you are going to be running and walking. And the poor guy believed it. And when it didn't happen, he basically lost faith and stopped coming to church. It's really, really a sad story. He was a really a good guy. So this type of belief, it still exists today. And uh, I'll tell you about someone in the history of the Christian church, actually. He lived in Upper State, New York. He invented the altar call. He got people, uh, you know, slain in the spirit, and uh, he had a revival. And uh, then things quieted down. And if you go now to Upper State, New York, you see the churches are run down. There is no uh, no spirit in there. And when you ask the pastors what's going on, they tell you this man uh, just basically destroyed it. Now, this man is being taught in uh, seminaries, some seminaries, that he's a great man of God. But look at the damage what it's done to people. And then he goes on and he says it's uh, Job's fault. And uh, we'll pick this up in chapter 5. He goes, I myself have seen the fool taking root, but suddenly his house was cursed. Basically, all your children, and then he goes, his children are far from safety. Basically, because of your, uh, because of you, Job, all your children died. And then he goes on and he tells them about the blessing he's going to get if he listens to him. He goes, but if I were you, I would appeal to God. And uh, I would lay my cause before him. And look at the stuff he tells uh, uh, Job. He tells him he gives prosperity to the poor. You're going to be rich. Protect those who suffer. You will never suffer. His hands also heal. You know, you will have no diseases. He will keep you from evil. You will have many children. Now, as you know, if you look at the TV, we have a lot of great teachers uh, on TV and the internet, like uh, Dr. Charles Stanley and John MacArthur. But we have some evangelists who use this type of thing to uh, promise uh, prosperity to people and healing. I have seen this on TV, late night on TV. This televangelist told people, if you start doing this for six months, you will get a lot of blessings. And we got someone saying, I opened my mail and I had uh, a check for $43,000. And another one said, all my debts were forgiven. You see, uh, these things, are not new. These things were going on for 4,000 years. And then he ends with Job and telling him, we have studied life. I don't know who we 
is um, some smart people, and found this to be true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. And uh, so then Job replied to him, and uh, the other two friends start talking to Job, and Job replied to them all the time, and they couldn't answer all these answers. Okay, now we get to Elahu. Uh, Elahu actually not mentioned as one of Job's friends. He is a young guy. Uh, he is a, a young guy, and uh, you would see his similarities to the youth of today. So he came in and he waited for the three friends of Job to talk. In order to understand why he's not mentioned, in the Middle East, if you're young, you don't talk when elders are talking. You just listen. And if you talk, you will get uh, really uh, uh, put down. I myself have received this many times. So uh, <laughs> I was really a hothead when I was younger. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, and as you can see today, uh, in the Western culture, everything is centered on youth. And you could see on TV, you know, all these creams with uh, certain things. If you take them, you will become later. And what the youth think, you know, everybody centers on the youth. In our land, uh, the young people are to learn from the older. And uh, one of the things Jesus waited until he was 30 years old to start his ministry is, uh, you're not considered a man until you're 30. And uh, so let's look at Elihu. He's like the youth of today. He's very self-centered and very arrogant. And he uses the I statements a lot. And because he's young, he's smarter than others. And then he did something. He said he speaks on behalf of God. So we we'll look at the point that he is impulsive. Uh, so he said, uh, uh, so these three men stopped answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. And that was, you would see this is, uh, the book of Job is a book of debating too. He was debating with his three friends. But Elahu, son of Barakel, the Buzzite of the family of Ram, became very angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. He also was angry with the three friends because they had no way to refute Job. But when he saw that the three men had nothing to say, his anger was arose. And then and look at his I statements. He starts talking to Job. Therefore, I say, listen to me. I too will tell you what I know. I waited a while while you spoke. I listened to your reasoning while you were searching for word. I gave you my full attention. And then he goes on to say, I am young at years and you are old. 
That's why I was fearful, not daring to tell you what I know. Uh, I thought age should speak, advanced years should teach wisdom. But it's the spirit in a person, the breath of Almighty that gives them understanding. So basically, he's smarter than the three older friends of Job. It is not only the old uh, are wise, not only the aged who understood what is right, but Job has not marshaled his words against me. I will not answer with the same of your argument. Basically, your arguments are not good. Mine will be better than you. He's smarter. And then look how arrogant he gets. But if I'm not, then listen to me. Be silent. I will teach you wisdom. By his spoke an older man he told him to be silent that doesn't work in the middle east really and then his arrogance he, uh, got better and better he pretended to speak for god to defend god and he goes on to say so listen to me you men of understanding be it far for god to do evil and as we saw before god can do evil from the Almighty to do wrong. Bear with me a little longer, I will show you that there is more to be said on God's behalf. So he's speaking on God's behalf. And I get my knowledge from afar, basically God told him, I will ascribe justice to my maker. Now, we do not speak for God, God speaks for himself, we do not defend God. Other uh, religions, they do that. For example, Hezbollah in uh, Lebanon, it's the party of God. They, de uh, they defend God. They uh, go to war in the name of God. We don't do that as Christians. God can defend himself. And now, after he finished, this happened. So picture in, in that area, it's a flat land. And this thing comes at you, a big whirlpool tornado. It's really scary. And then this, whirl, uh, this whirlpool start talking. It's God's voice. And this is what he said. He said, He said to uh, Elahu, basically, who is this one who darkened my word? And he said, uh, basically, Elahu, you don't know what you're talking about. He even didn't mention him by name and be quiet. And then he turned into Job. And we'll pick some of the stuff he said to Job. And he said to him, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. And he was teaching Job how to, who God is. He said to, uh, he started asking Job 84 questions and Job could not answer a single one of them. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna.
I left my notes at home, so I'm going to use this. So uh, uh, he start talking to Job. He's showing Job uh, who God is. The first thing he said to Job, but one of the things he said, uh, where were you when I laid the foundation of earth? Like, where were you? You were nowhere. And then he said to Job, look now at behemoth, which is the uh, Brachosaurus, which I made along with you. See, uh, I'm glad you guys are doing uh, creation evangelism. It's really, really important to train people to train and uh, about creation evangelism, because he said he made this behemoth with you, with man. So uh, uh, basically, uh, and as you know, the theory of evolution, it's in universities and uh, we lose a, our, a lot of our kids to this theory. So he keeps talking, he shows behemoth and you know how scary and big this animal is. Then he goes on to say, Uh, he introduced Leviathan, and Leviathan is a type of a T-Rex. And he tells Job these things. Can you pull Leviathan with a fish hook or tie down its tongue with a rope? Like, can you go to this beast and put a fish hook in him and bring him? And uh, can you put a cord in his nose or pierce his jaw? Basically, you can grab him. Will it be begging for mercy? Like a puppy dog, please don't hurt me, Job. And uh, can you make a pet out of him and, you know, basically give it to your little girl to play with it? And at the end he tells him, if you lay your hand on it, remember the struggle and you'll never do it again. Basically, it's the last thing you're going to be doing. And then we see he concludes in chapter 4111, who has claim against me that I must pay? Everything under heaven belongs to me. So, so basically he was showing uh, Job who God really is, and he was teaching him to fear God. And as uh, brother Penny, uh, Benny, read for us about the fear of God in Proverbs is the big uh, beginning of wisdom. So we as Christians, we should have healthy fear of God. And uh, in everything we approach, we should really think of would that anger God? Because as you know, sometimes if we stray on our path, God really can send evil our way. Sometimes you feel like you've been tortured and God is trying to teach you a lesson. Now, uh, since, okay, God fire. since you're getting creation uh, evangelism, which is really, really great, all churches should do that, uh, you will learn a lot. You will arm yourself. And the book of Job is a great book to start teaching people about uh, creation science. Uh, for example, uh, the springs and recesses of the sea were discovered in 1977. And look at what Job 38, 16, he said, 
Have you journeyed into the springs of the seas? Have you walked or walked into the recesses of the deep? He said that 4,000 years ago. And just in the 20, late 20th century, they discovered this. At this one. What is the way of uh, that abode, the way to uh, the abode of light? And where does the darkness reside? He's telling Job, basically, darkness does not move and light is the one that travels. And this, this is, I really like this one. He hangs the earth on nothing. Now, a picture 4,000 years ago to tell someone you hang something and will stay up there. I mean, who would believe that? And if we compare what the book of Job to other beliefs, like for example, in Hinduism, the earth is flat on back of elephants. In uh, Islam, the earth is on the back of a whale. And here, in na some native Indians, they believe it's on a turtle. Look what God said 4,000 years ago, the earth hangs on nothing. Now, this concept is really difficult to comprehend at that time. This will be the last one. To establish the weight of the wind. Whoever thinks that the wind has weight? Science had discovered that, and this was in the book of Job. There are other stuff in it, there is just so much in it, and uh, it's uh, like, for example, embryology describes the embryology very accurately. And uh, so there's so much in it, and I would really encourage you to read the book of Job. It's really a great way uh, even for evangelism and creation science. One of the things I need to warn you, the book of Job is the most abused book in the Bible. As we read before these statements were told, told by Job's three friends, they were all wrong. But people take those statements and make sermons out of them and they teach. But that's why you have to be careful about the book of Job. Unfortunately, it is not taught in Bible universities, and it is the most abused book of all the Bible books. And uh, the amazing things about the book of Job, it's foundational. It's foundational where the redemptive history stands on. It's a strong foundation to uh, study the Bible. It has so much in it, I would really, really encourage you to uh, study the book of Job. There's so much in it. And just be careful of the abuse that's in it, that people use it for. I see we're out of time. So uh, we're going to, we just want to thank you. And let's uh, finish with prayer. Father God, we just thank you for coming together and uh, uh, introducing the book of Job. It has so much in it we can learn. We just want to thank you. And we should learn to respect you and fear you as Christians, Lord God. And we thank you for all the blessings you give us and all the teaching you teach us through your word, Lord God. And we ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.